hallelujah. Somebody say he's able. Do you believe it tonight? Has he ever made a way when it looked like there was no way? Oh, I'm thankful we serve a God that never changes. Hallelujah. Amen. People change. Society changes. Clothes change. Economy changes. But in an, in an ever-changing world, we serve a never-changing God. And if he did it before, he can do it again. Oh, you got to believe me tonight before we go any further. There ain't no mountain too high. There's no river too wide. There's no valley too deep that my God cannot make a way when it looks like there's no way. Amen, amen, amen. On a Wednesday night, God can still do it. Amen. Second Kings chapter 13. Mark chapter number 9. I do have a word from God. The Lord spoke to me in prayer a very key thing that I believe will launch us into what He wants to do in your mind and in your life and in this revival. 2 Kings chapter 13, beginning with verse number 14. Now, Elisha was fallen sick of his sickness, whereof he died. And Joash, the king of Israel, came down unto him and wept over his face and said, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And Elisha said unto him, Take bow and arrows. And he took unto him bow and and arrows. And he said to the king of Israel, Put thine hand upon the bow. And he put his hand upon it. And Elisha put his hands upon the king's hands. And he said, Open the window eastward. And he opened. Then Elisha said, Shoot. And he shot. And he said, The arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For thou shalt smite the Syrians in Aphek till thou have consumed them. And he said, Take the arrows. And he took them. And he said unto the king of Israel, Smite upon the ground. And he smote thrice and stayed, or he stopped. And the man of God was wroth with him and said, Thou shouldest have smitten five or six times. Then hadst thou smitten Syria till thou hadst consumed it, whereas now thou shalt smite Syria but thrice. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe all things... That means whatever you're facing are possible. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. To him that believe it. Here's what the Lord wants you to know tonight. We're on a journey. And my subject is this. Leaving the land of low expectations. We're going to get out of here tonight. 
We're going to get out of the rut, Brother Hughes. We're going to get out of the cycle that's been holding us back. And we're going to the place that God has prepared. We're going to leave the land of low expectations. If you're ready for it, I want you to lift your hands to heaven right now. I want you to begin to prepare your heart. Say, God, let it start in my mind. God, erase my stinking thinking. Erase the shackles that have limited how far I go in God. I take dominion over doubt. I take dominion over fear. I take dominion over unbelief. I loose now in the name of Jesus faith. I lose belief. I lose power. Let it happen tonight in the name of Jesus. Clap your hands unto the be seated tonight, leaving the land of low expectations. The element of faith is perhaps one of the most often talked about subjects amongst any religious rank today. It is the one common denominator that links every single person that has ever lived. You see, regardless of skin color, Regardless of the language barrier, your social status, or your financial standing, Romans 1 or 12, 3 declares plainly that God hath dealt to every man or every individual the measure of faith. That means every person that has ever breathed their first breath has instilled into their DNA, their spiritual being, the element of faith. And without even recognizing what was happening, when you were born, you were given the measure. The ability to believe is activated upon your arrival into this world. As you grow, your level of faith increases. You go from crawling to standing. Because you believed you could. You go from standing to walking because you believed. You go from walking to running, etc., etc., because the foundational element that was put in place by God was believe or expect or faith. You learn, you trust, you expect. You see, faith in its purest form is expecting something to happen. When you remove all of the fluff in its purest form, faith is believing or expecting. You turn on a light switch because you expect that to activate the light. You put your key in your car because you expect that to, is to start your car. On and on and on we can go. You ask certain people certain questions because they are skilled in certain areas. And you have faith that that person can answer my question. We exercise faith every day. 
We don't take time to, to stop and analyze it. But the truth is we all exercise it. Without giving second thought, as you grow, you stretch your faith by simply expecting and receiving. You know, something happens inside of you when you expect something and it happens. It's not tangible. But there's something inside of you that goes to another level when you expect it and it happened. There's an excitement. There's an anticipation. Whether, whether it be a child expecting mama and daddy to do something and they do it, that's, that's faith. Or us as, as spiritual saints expecting God to do something. Something happens when God answers something stirs in your spirit how many times have you expected the miracle and it happened how many times have you expected the healing and it came to pass how many times have you expected the financial blessing and God provided there is something that ignites in your spirit can anybody hear me tonight how many times has God answered your prayers how many times has God made a way? How many times has God opened the door? How many times has God proved the doctor wrong? Something happened in your spirit. Something grows in you. There is a room full of people here tonight that all can attest to the fact that time and time again, God has answered. God has made a way. Because you expect, you believed, you understood that God does not change and God performed. The consensus is clear. That God has shown up many times in each and every one of our lives. Yet I stand amazed tonight at the same people who testify of God doing something great before. Yet they have a hard time believing for something again. How many times... Have we found ourselves questioning whether or not God can do it after we have looked back and saw how many times he's made a way? I stand amazed when I see people knowing what God has done in their life, knowing the miracles, knowing the blessings, yet they're trapped in a cycle. You see, it's not that they don't believe. It's not that they don't expect. It's the level of their expectation that's in question. We all have faith. We all can believe. But it's our level of belief. They struggle between can God or will God. They struggle between whether or not God will show up on time. They desire the miracle, but they struggle with whether or not it will happen. Understand me tonight, before I go any further, the world says, show me and I'll believe. But God says, believe me and I'll show you. Honey, you can't let the mindset of the world get in your living with God for God. God says, if you'll just believe me, believing is seeing. You don't have to see it. 
for God to do it. You just have to believe. He said, if thou canst believe, all things are possible. God never asked you to understand. He asked you to believe. He never asked for your opinion as to how to bring it to pass. He just wants to know, do you think he can? the last days of Elisha, Joash came down to speak with him. He cried out in fear because of the Syrians. His enemies were after him. Elisha instructed him plainly, take the bow and arrows. And Elisha put his hands upon the hands of Joash. He said, open the windows eastward in the direction of Syria. And he let the arrow go towards the east. And he said, this is the arrow of deliverance. This is the arrow of victory. It was a word from God. He was giving a word of faith to Joash. God is going to do the work. Then he said, take the arrows and smite the ground. And the Bible says that Joash smote it three times and he stopped. And verse 19 says, and the man of God was wroth with him and said, thou shouldest have smitten five or six times. Then hadst thou smitten Syria till thou hadst consumed it. Whereas now thou shalt smite Syria but thrice. I find many people, including myself at times, relating to Joash. You see, it's not that Joash didn't believe, or else he would have never did it to begin with. He did have a level of belief. He did have a level of faith. But it was evident that his level of expectation was low. His level of expectation was hindered. He only smote the ground three times. Could we say that he was in the land of low expectations? How many people go to church and they hear the word of faith just like Elisha gave? God is going to give you victory. God is going to make a way. God is going to open the door. Yet we're in the same cycle as Joash. We have low expectations we have faith we do believe but we're not looking at the full picture of the promise we're not seeing as far off as God is intending us to see we're limited by low expectations we come to church with the problem and we leave with the problem We're limited by low expectations. We're in a revolving door, if you please, of our own logic. We're in a revolving door of low expectation. There's some things that I want to bring to your attention tonight that's going to help you get out of the land of low expectation. The first thing is this. Don't let the lack of their faith determine the level of yours. Now, you would think at a church full of people, everybody would be full of faith. I'm just, I'm just throwing this out there. This might not be talking to you. Maybe the person next to you. You would think at a church full of people that everybody, after they've been healed, after they've been delivered, after God's made a way, you would think that everybody would come in here and say, my God can do anything. You would think. How many times 
people, those same people coming in here, and they're just being real. Let me, let me just help you real quick. Let me just help you identify what real really means. Negative. We're just, we're just going to be real. No, you're going to be negative. You're going to try to kill my faith. Just because you don't think you can doesn't mean I have to be bound by your lack of faith. Because if he did it for me once, I still believe he can do it for me again. you haven't caught on yet people have a way of draining your faith people have a way of pulling the level of your faith down you've got to separate yourself from negativity i can love you but you're not going to influence my faith i could be friends with you i could be nice to you we can pray together we can worship together but when it's all said and done i'm still going to believe he can i'm still going to believe he will i'm not going to let your lack of faith squelch my level of faith you've got to believe you got to you got to draw a line in the sand and said you know what i'm only going to let your influence come right here in my life i'm not going to allow negativity to drain my faith negativity will zap you you'll never see a miracle being real you know what real says real says we've only got five loaves and two fishes. Real says there's no way you can see a dead man come out of a tomb. But real people never see miracles. Real people never see God intervene on their behalf because they limit him with their lack of faith. Joash had, Joash had the voice of the elders speaking the word of faith. Young people, you can hear me because you've got a lot of life left in you. There's two ways you can live. You can listen and learn or you can live and learn. And one of those two is filled with less heartache than the other. You can listen to the man of God that says God will do this and God will make a way. And you can let the voice of the elder activate the faith in your life. And you will see miracles. And you will see signs. How about it, mamas and daddies? You will see God make a way. There's an old adage that says misery loves company. And there's some people that if they can't get out of that negative cycle, they want you to join them. Bunch of negative Nancy's floating around everywhere. They never break out. They just stuck in their rut. Try look. I, 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 your pastor's seen it more than I have because he's with certain people more than others. But I have seen it in, in a revival. Say in a five week revival, I've prayed the same person through probably six times. They do the huckabuck. They do everything, and they just they, look. By, by next by next Sunday, they're back in the same song. And they just. They can't break out. It's like a revolving door. They get a fresh breeze blowing in on, and the next one, you, you can't let those people step into your realm of influence because they will drain you of every ounce of faith that is in you. Don't let the lack of their faith determine the level of your faith. Paul told Timothy, let no man despise thy youth. Watch this. Be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation. In charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. 
Youth or young people are full of passion. They're full of vision. That's why they call it childlike faith, because they're dreamers. They have no filter. They believe that if I ask it, it shall be done. And he was telling Timothy, don't let a bunch of negative Nancys come in here and pull your faith down. If everybody says there's no way, you need to stand up and say, as long as I serve God, there's still a way that can be made. Does anybody believe that tonight? Come on, clap your hands. It doesn't matter what the doctors say. It doesn't matter what your family says. It doesn't matter what your friends say. If you can believe. Second thing you've got to understand with me tonight is that low expectation is the result of human logic. No one can process through their brain the miraculous. It's impossible. In fact, if you are around many brilliant people or very smart people, I'm talking about the people with no social skills kind of smart, people that work at Kmart but they can write five computer languages kind of smart. Most of them don't even believe God. Most of them are agnostic. You know why? They're trying to process everything through the realm of human logic. They're trying to believe in something that they can figure out. They're trying to analyze this. They're trying to compute it. Hear me. You are not bad because you don't understand God. You're human. There hasn't been a human yet figure out the Lord. There hasn't been a person that's walked. Joash was human. He obeyed. Yet he was limited in his thinking because he was looking at it through the realm of human logic. Assyrians, they're mighty. They're big. Let me tell you, that word big, God doesn't know what big is. We categorize problems through the realm of human logic. We look at something, we assess it, and we say, this is big. We, we analyze something, and we say, well, this really, that's not too much. A headache isn't big, but cancer is big. A hundred dollars isn't big, but ten thousand dollars is big. We look at the trial. We look at the problem. We assess it, and we put it into categories. And for this, I'm going to need a whole lot of faith. And from this, for this, I'm just going to need a little bit of faith. Friend, faith is faith. And God does not know big from little. God just wants to know, can you believe that I can do it? You know what that tells me? There's no mountain too high. There's no problem that God cannot solve. There's no cycle that God cannot break. There's no addiction that God cannot handle. That's your mind. That's your mind. You are categorizing things. God's looking at it saying, it takes the same amount of power to heal cancer as it does a headache. God does not divvy up his power and say, I need more for this. Come on, i got to get you to believe this with me tonight. It doesn't matter what you are facing. 
to God. It's all the same. I was recently reminded of how powerful God really is. Now, we talk about things being so big for God. Big things. I want to tell you, there's nothing too small for God either. There is nothing insignificant with God. A need is a need. And we have a little Shih Tzu, and, and we, we had him for a couple of years, and we went on the road. We dropped him off at my parents' house, and they were forced to adopt him. So he's been living there for the past three years, and they've grown very close to this little Shih Tzu. She's a cute little dog named Shaggy, best little dog we had. Well, Shaggy, I, I went over there one day, and Shaggy was just acting weird, and I, and I picked him up, and there was big growth hanging off his chest, about the size of a grapefruit. And, and when I see stuff like that, the first thing I do, it's like looking at a slot machine. I see dollar signs come up everywhere. This ain't good. These aren't supposed to happen. And so I told my mom, I said, well, we'll bring him to the vet. They brought him, and, uh, and she, she took care of that one because she loved me. And, and they put him on pills, and the growth went down, and everything's good. I'm all happy. Well, a couple weeks go by after he's off the medicine, and he can't even walk. He can't hold his bladder. He's not eating. I, I see dollar signs. My mom said, I'm going to take him to the vet. My mom's so emotionally attached to him. With me, if I'm not there, I'm not seeing it. It's not happening, you know, that kind of thing. And so she texts me. She said, his whole stomach is a massive tumor. And, uh, and, and so I knew I can't text this back. I need to call. And, and one of those things, that talk, talk mom down, you know. Get her off the cliff. And I called, and she was crying. She was upset. She goes, I, I don't know what we're going to do. And uh, she said, he's, doctor said it would be five or $600. I said, well, that's easy. Nothing. I'm not going to do nothing. Answer salt, five hundred, $600? Nothing. And so I, I, I just said, well, that's it. You know, he's going to go, little doggy heaven. Shaggy's going to be fine. Well, you know, this is just a dog type deal. And uh, I went to prayer. And I said, no, Lord, I said, I really don't want to spend a lot of money on this dog. And I, I, don't, want, I don't want the burden to rest upon my shoulders as far as what I'm going to do about this dog. I was serious. And we prayed, too. But I was by myself. And I was serious with God about this. I said, Lord, I'd love for you to take care of this. Whether you heal that dog or whether you take that dog, it doesn't matter to me. I just don't want to say that I did anything or didn't do anything and so i put it in the lord's hands it's god if he dies well that's the lord god wanted him and a couple days later one of my daughters wrote me a note and said dad she'd been saving all of her money to go to branson she wrote me a note and said dad i'll give you every penny i got if we can try to save shaggy well and that kind of forced me into a corner and i called my wife and i said we've got to try something on this dog we got to at least throw out e for effort out there bring him to the vet do something so I brought him to the vet. I called the vet. I said, listen, here's two options. How much will you charge if you just open that dog up and you look at it and say, there's no hope? He said, about $150. I said, okay. How much will you charge if you open the dog up and you look at him and say, I can save him? He said, about 450 I said, all right, we'll try this. So I went and dropped the dog off. You know, they said, you want to say any goodbyes? I said, no, just take them. I left. They called me about three or four hours later. The doctor calls. I said, well, good news or bad news? 
because I was thinking good news, $150 type deal. And, and he, he said, well, I really don't know. He said, I had that dog shaved, put to sleep, IV in, and I told my assistant, I said, grab that x-ray machine one more time. He said, I took the x-ray, and there is nothing there. Now, if God did it for Shaggy, I just got enough faith to believe that God can do it for you. It doesn't matter what it is. You have to believe. You cannot look at it through the realm of logic. As long as you live for God on human intellect, God can be no bigger than your mind. You shackle him with the chains of human reason. You tell him, God, you can only operate in the realm of my human understanding. Uh, My friend, God is bigger than your understanding. His ways are higher than your ways. His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. You've got to believe. What you can't see is greater than what you can see. That don't make sense, does it? Because we like to we like to figure things out. I like to have a plan A, B, C, D, E, and go on. I like to know things. If I'm going somewhere that I've never been before, I like to look at it on Google Earth. I like to put. I don't want to be caught off guard. But see, living with, for God, what you can't see is greater than what you can see. I've never seen a miracle that didn't amaze me. I've never seen God do something. That didn't leave me speechless. You know why? Because I never saw it coming. That's why it was so amazing. I couldn't conceive it happening like it did. I tried to figure it out. I tried to compute it. But God operates on a different level. I wasn't expecting. What are you trying to say, preacher? I'm saying if you can just believe that God knows where you're at and what you need, you may not see it happening right now. But when it happens, you'll stand amazed. You see a man in Acts chapter 3 who lived in the land of low expectation. A man who was accustomed to the same thing. He was in a cycle. He was in a rut. He had done the same thing from his mother's birth. They dropped him off at the gate of the temple. They left him there. He was in a rut. It's all he knew is I'm just, I'll never break out. I'll never get beyond this. I'll never, I'll never see anything greater than this. I can promise you the last thing that man thought about was walking. He was in a rut. He was in a land of low expectation. He was there in that season that many of us always find ourselves in. But one day, God transitioned him out of the land of low expectation. You know what that tells me? It's a God of mercy. It's a God of love that can come by on a Wednesday night and say it's time for you to move out of that place you've always been. Rise up and walk. It's time to get out of that place. I've come tonight to tell you it's time to get out of the place of low expectation. It's time to break out of the mold of thinking God will never do it and God will never make a way God can and God will stand with me all over this building as the musicians come what you can 
the mirror, the door is greater than what you're looking at right now. You read the story of Abram and Lot. There came a time they had to separate. And Lot based his destination off of what he could see. Well-watered plains. Pitched his tent towards Sodom and Gomorrah. He based his decision off of everything he could conceive with his human mind. Everything he saw. Everything he touched. But God, God showed what he could do when he told Abraham. He said, I want you to turn around, Abraham. I want you to look north, south, east and west. And not just what you can see. But I'm going to make, I'm going to make your descendants as the stars of the sky, as the sand, as the grains of sand. Abraham, what you can't see is greater than what you can conceive in your mind. Abraham had no clue as to what God was trying to do in his life. Abraham was just looking at a small portion. God was looking at something greater. Can I tell you tonight, don't base what God can do off of what you're looking at right now because God is looking at something greater in your life. God is looking at what's down the road. God is looking at the promise that's going to come to pass. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying it's time to get your level of expectation up. God will make a way. God can perform. We will have revival. My family will be saved. God can do it if you believe it with me tonight. Lift your hands all over this building. Come on, get your faith up. Get your faith up. God can do it. God can perform.